Hello, everybody. This is episode 27 of In The Know, a daily short-form podcast show which is aimed at putting people in the know, a show where I cover a variety of topics, using my experiences and viewpoints in life to put people in that know. What is the know? It's the understanding that seems to be hard for people to grasp, which can make their lives a lot simpler. Today is yet another intro speech into the topic of today, and that introduction speech is regarding the reason why schools grade. When you're in school, you never want to be the kid in school to get bad grades. And when I was a child, we graded based on H's, S's, and M's. The H was the best you could get, the S was the secondary grade, and the M was not so good. But as I got through the end of elementary school, the grading system changed. It became the A, B, C, D, and F grade. And here's where the system really matters for your overall GPA, which is your grade point average. But when it comes to education, Why do we have grading systems? Well, I'll describe my schools and why they're built on this grading system in our society. Let's look at the perfect 100%. When you think about the grading system of America, you have to think of this from an overall number. That overall number has to be a perfect number that we all start with in class with the ability to maintain or from a lack of ability and initiative to lose. This number is 100%. And there's no reason to start with 100% and not zero. Because if you start with zero, then the ability to climb to 100 is too difficult or even virtually impossible to climb to that top score. And school is supposed to be a challenge, but not too hard that it becomes impossible. Holding on to 100% does not make the class easier. It's still hard. But you have a clean slate also to start with instead of a strike against you like the 0% in school. Alphabet purposes and GPA. What is alphabet purposes and GPA? This is what I mean. A major part of the grading system is to assign a letter to the number percent to make it mean something. And the letters are at the beginning of the alphabet, which makes you give a little more meaning. But with such a wide range of percentages, then we have to break down each letter, adding a plus or minus as well as a baseline letter. For example, an A equals 4.0. And A minus is 3.67, B plus 3.33, B 3.0, a B minus 2.67, C plus 2.33, a C is a 2, a C minus is a 1.67, a D plus is a 1.33, a D is a 1.0, D minus is a 0.67, and an F is a 0. As for the GPA from the previous statement, There's a number value associated with the letter. This number goes with a corresponding letter, then average based on the number of classes in high school and credits for the semester in a college course. This creates some competition among students, especially considering they want to have a certain class rank in order to graduate at the top of their class. An example of this, I'm going to give you five classes in high school would be an A minus, a C plus, a B, a B minus and a B. Your GPA is 3.67, which is the A minus, the 2.33, which is a C plus, the 3, which is the B, 2.67 is the B minus, and the 3 is the last B. When you add that up, that's 11.67. Now take this number divided by five classes and get a GPA of 2.33, which is a C plus average. And you say, how so? 
Well, that C plus and B minus hit hard, even with one C. You have to look at the calculations. Knowing this, Forrest is striving for better academics, giving a simple A, B, C, D, and F means 90 and 100 are the same, and they are not. College is different because you divide the total by the number of credit hours, not classes you take. Now let's look at testing needs and grading. Now within the system, you have to test because homework alone would not mean enough. You have to have a better measure, and here's where testing comes into play. Taking a collective of sections or entire learned topics for the course and putting it onto a test collectively shows that the student has been doing all quarter or all semester's work. And on top trying to maintain the grade, it's no surprise that the A students get an A on the test because they study to hold on to that A the entire course. Let's look at percentiles. This will aid in trying to gauge what percentage of students rank in their class. Meaning, if you are in the 90th percentile, that means if there are 500 seniors graduating, you are doing better than 450 students, but there are 50 other students doing better than you. This looks good for students who qualify and it aids in getting into a really good college. Now let's look at governmental aid financial assistance. When students are being graded, the school is given a grade on this basis. Meaning if your school is full of students that perform well, it makes the school look good. And then the state is more willing to help out the school struggling financially. And the reason being, it looks good from a state unified school system standing. Let's look at educators' pay. Teachers' jobs could be on the line when there is a school that is not performing well. And grading is the best method to understand how the school is doing. Schools are given a minimum basic skills test to understand the level of student reading and writing abilities at school. That doesn't mean that better performance, more pay. But you could say pay decreases or even school closures take place. What are good gaugers for academics? Let's look at aptitude of students. We have to know that some students will be above others in their ability to understand school material. Their natural abilities are something in nature that you can't explain. And on top of their working class, it's no wonder that they carry the higher grades in class. Logic. This is something that measures your critical thinking. There is more of a science, even if the students themselves don't quite understand why they think the way they do. Reasoning. This is more opinionated than logic. You're talking about life experiences to make a decision. Students' memorization. This comes into play once the test-taking situation happens. People who study their notes and read can come back to the quiz and test and understand the questions to get a good outcome. Understanding is a good gauger. Being able to observe the work in front of you, applying to school, or even outside the classroom really is a good measure for the grade a student will get and maintain in school. Group work and cooperation. Coming together with other students in the classroom and being able to function as a team says a lot. Reason being is that kids who can easily play with others do really well in group activities that can translate into class projects. Competition. When a student gets a good grade, they are known to compare grades in class. Now it becomes a race to see who can get the highest grade in class. React. In class, the student who can raise their hand the quickest and have the right answer means the student has an ability that separates them from others. Delegating. These students are able to become group leaders. 
The other kids in the class and group activities tend to listen to these kids. Commitment. Students here fight hard to maintain that A that they started with in the course, even if it means not enjoying their fun outside the classroom. So with this end statement, why we all need to know why grading in school is important. As you all have heard, there is an elaborate means for trying to put together why we have a grading system. There are so many scales that fall under the reason why we have grading. Without grading, we don't have the school systems in America with any other method of grading. How do you measure students' abilities and separate the good ones with a firm understanding of subject matter and the ones that don't have a grasp? And just because a student does not have good grades, now don't mean they can't rebound in life later. Let me be clear on that. I was not on the best terms as a student with grades, and now that I am in my early 30s, you see how little grades contribute to life. Yet, the measuring scale has pretty good accuracy engaging students. So, thank you for listening to End the Know, and can't wait to bring the next episode where we talk about why we should bring back apprenticeships.